What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. Last week, I was speaking with Toby Mancuso, and Toby is works for a firm called Track Capital in the UK. And I asked him for his opinion on the way the market in the UK was going. And uh, it was interesting to hear his response. I think if you guys are interested in listening to that, that was episode uh, number one to one. If you'd like to go back and listen again. Um, now, you might be wondering, what's my opinion on the way the market is going? And uh, well, that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm not just going to talk about you know the UK market. I'm going to go into the Irish market, the US market and global markets and just look at the whole lot. And I'm also going to just give you a couple of pointers that I think might be helpful in dealing with the uh, what's going to happen in the market in the next couple of months. So without further ado, let's get into the show. You are listening to Behind the Facade, and I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher. On this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. All right, so what's going on in the market and uh, where is it likely to go? That is a simple question, but not such a simple answer. Uh, but there is certainly plenty of news headlines that have grabbed my attention in the past uh, week or so. So first of all, looking at uh, the Financial Times this morning and uh, in China, the largest property company in the entire country of China, it's called Country Garden. And it is mass. It is much, much larger than the company Evergrande that I mentioned before. And uh, now, so Country Garden has issued a profit warning today, and it has warned that is it is expecting its profits to plunge by seventy percent. So that will give you some idea of how the Chinese property market is doing. Now, is this unexpected? No, not at all. If you go back to episode number 79 last November. So how long ago is now? It's like nine months ago. I was talking about Evergrande and uh, Evergrande was looking a little bit shaky back then. It has 300 billion of debt, I think it is. And it's just, it's basically crumbling under the weight of that. And obviously as it rates increase in other parts of the world, it changes the interest rates and it has a lot of impact and the Chinese market is going through real turmoil at the moment. But it's not just you know the Chinese market. If we go and look at the UK house prices, um, in the last day or so they have announced the, the Office of National Statistics, which is the ONS in the UK, they have announced that the house price growth rate has slowed to 7.8% in the month of June. Now, 7.8%, if you were sort of to tell me that every year my asset will grow by 7.8%, I would be thinking, that's pretty good. You know, I'll take that. Uh, that's not such a bad thing. But when you look at what the growth rate was in May, just a month earlier, it was 12.8%. So in the space of one month, there has been a 39% fall in the growth rate. And um, if you're thinking about 
the fall like that, you have to wonder what is the next month going to look like? If, if it can fall 39% in one month, what if there's another month with a similar kind of a fall? Uh, or what if it's sort of just general, that's the general direction that by, you know, by Christmas time, you could be in a situation where it's actually negative. It's hard to say. Um, I mean, earlier in the month, the uh, Halifax, which is one of the UK's largest mortgage providers, they came out with a, um, a report that house prices, according to their statistics internally, house prices had fallen for the first time in more than a year. And so that was a bit of a, a headline. And then also Rightmove, which is the online platform that a lot of people use for sales and stuff in the UK, they came out and said that house prices had actually fallen for the first time in 2022. So it's it's definitely, you know, there's something in the air and you just have to be a little bit wary of it. Here in Ireland, I'm going to tell you something. This is not the residential market we're talking about here. We're talking about the commercial market and TikTok. You know, we all love playing around with the TikTok app on our phone and it's one of the fastest growing you know, uh, unicorns, as they call it, one of the fastest growing tech unicorns in the world. Um, they have just pulled out of a big transaction that they were working on to expand their workforce, their their office footprint in Dublin. Now, they've already got a large sort of, uh, they've done a couple of large deals. Uh, they, they signed a deal for 210,000 square feet last year, and they've agreed heads of terms with iPut for an additional 80,000 square feet um, in a building that's just right around the corner from the other one, both of them in the Dublin Docklands. And the deal that they were working on just up until last week was for another 177,000 square feet. Now, uh, like I know office buildings really, really well. 177,000, 200,000, they are big, big office buildings. And... Uh, for you to pull out of a of an office building with two hundred thousand, that that is a a significant blow if you're the landlord who is trying to rent this property. So to abandon a deal like that is is pretty is a pretty big news, and definitely the the Irish or the Dublin office market has been reeling from this. The next thing is Meta, which was formerly known as Facebook, and obviously Meta owns Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. They have just announced in the last couple of weeks that they have paused their fit out of their new office headquarter or not headquarters, but their office building in Fibonacci Square here in Dublin as well. Now, Fibonacci Square is not far from where I live. It's a nice area. It's um, it used to be the AIB headquarters in Balls Bridge and they had signed. They have have signed a lease, so they're not able to pull out of the deal altogether. But they had signed a lease for 360,000 square feet in two buildings, paying an annual rent, get this, of 22.5 million euro. And what they have decided to do is just put the entire fit out on hold. They'll continue to pay the 22.5 million a year in rent. Now, obviously, they're most likely they have got various rent-free periods and all sorts of stuff. So they're probably not paying anything at the moment. But to fit out a 360,000 square foot building, you're probably looking at the guts of, I don't know, just off the top of my head, I would think 36 to 50 million 
in uh, in fit out costs it's pretty significant what they'd be spending on that fit out and um to pull out of the deal uh like tell everyone you know to put their put their pencils down and uh stop all work and uh let's just reevaluate and it's not just in Ireland now it's in in New York City across the the pond we have got both meta another meta deal and also amazon have put their entire new york city office expansion plans on hold both of them are reported to be reevaluating and of course reevaluating what does that mean well they they've all moved to this remote work from home uh, kind of solution and so they're now not sure how much office space do they need. And I can tell you here in East Point, I am seeing evidence of that as well. Like there's people, there's definitely a much, much busier uh, park than it has been in the past, uh, in the past two years, we'll say. But it is not anywhere near what it used to be. And a lot of people are still working from home. A lot of people are opting for the two days or three days a week uh, coming to the office. And so it is changing. Um, the way people are evaluating their their need for offices and stuff. Now, at the same time, what's funny, with all of this negative news and down, downward pressure, Adam Newman, who you may recognize the name, Adam Newman is the chap who took WeWork from this tiny little office idea to being worth sort of, according to his estimates, 80 billion at one stage. And... Um, WeWork, sure enough, was going to IPO at some enormous figure like 50 billion or 80 billion. Or, and it, it fell, the whole deal fell apart. And it fell apart primarily because it had been overhyped and it was not worth that. And sure enough, the whole thing went pear shaped and he ended up kicked out of the company. Now, he did get a big payday. So a lot of people criticized the fact that he got the big payday, whereas investors and his staff, like there was hundreds if not thousands of layoffs in in WeWork so he got the big payday and everyone else suffered terribly um he has just launched a new um startup he's it's but it's actually in the real estate space and it's called flow that's there's not a lot of detail but he has been backed by a number of um big investors and when i say backed to the tune of billions and these guys um they're not giving away too many details at the moment, but what has been said is that he has taken a stake or stakes in up to 4,000 apartments all over uh, the US. And um, the fact is, he is, it looks like he is aiming to create a brand similar to what uh, you know, WeWork meant for offices. He's looking to do something that is around apartments. And it would not surprise me at all if it was in the whole co-living area, because I can remember reading his, um, they had a, uh, an investor deck that they sent out there when they were fundraising for WeWork. And I can remember there being reference to We Live and the fact that there was, um, they, they saw that as a massive growth area. So it would be interesting to see. The question is going to be around affordability, I would have thought, because the big thing that WeWork, like where the profits are made with WeWork, is the fact that they go in and they sign a lease on a big building. So take your 200,000 square feet office that 
that TikTok are, have taken, WeWork were often going and signing a huge deal like that, and they would be getting the, the office space at, you know, we'll say 40 euro a foot or 40 pounds a foot or dollars or whatever. And they would turn around and they'd fill it with desks and furniture and they'd deck it all out with lots of amenities and all this. And they would then rent per desk uh, or they would rent individual rooms. And the equivalent rent that they were getting from all of the different members that were coming in and joining was something like 200 uh, a foot. So they were renting at 40 and they were making 200 a foot on the kind of... So it made a lot of sense. The problem is when the market turns, you can end up that you're still there paying the 40 and you're not getting any of the 200 because everyone during COVID, obviously everyone was working from home. So you would have had a lot of empty WeWork offices. Now, the ironic thing is, is with because of the pandemic and because of the uncertainty in the market, a lot of people have closed down their long leasehold interests in offices. And so you've got people that have given up, say, 10,000 square feet and a long, uh, like a long 10-year lease or something, and they've moved all of their staff, they've got all their staff membership for, say, a, a WeWork location, and they can go in whenever they want, and they have this office space available to them. And they're paying significantly less than they would in the event that they were, um, you know, they're not paying the same amount every month as a fixed cost, but their staff per desk are paying a lot. But because of the amount of people working from home and stuff, it seems to balance out. And they don't have the commitment. The great thing, uh, the attractive thing about WeWork was that you could turn it off whenever you wanted. So if you decided you wanted to cut costs in three months, that was it, bang. The whole thing was switched off and you no, no longer had that um, overhead. Now, if they do that with residential, uh, it could be interesting. Uh, the only thing is, is affordability is starting to become a thing now with inflation and so it'll be interesting to watch i could go on and on and on talking about you know the headlines of the real estate if you pay attention to these um if you look at the different property sections in newspapers in your local area and if you look abroad you start to get kind of a flavor of the way the market is going and it's not all, it's not a science or an exact science in any way but you do get to sort of see trends and patterns and you start to kind of think okay if that's going to happen i wonder what's going to happen next and sure enough it does often play out and it does it's a good way to educate yourself the first thing i would say to all of you guys who are kind of wondering okay what would you do i would say be so careful not to fall foul of continuity bias now i've done two episodes on cognitive bias and uh, one of the big ones is continuity bias. And that is the, the tendency to play down or ignore threats and warnings and you know, signs of trouble ahead. Because what you are used to is the, the market going up, everything being great. And so you kind of automatically assume that that's the way things are going to continue to go. And uh, you, you just, you start to become complacent and you think that, look, I did this much in the last deal. There's no reason why I won't do the very same deal again. And sure enough, markets, they are dynamic and cyclical and they can change. And so you need to be very, very careful. It's always a good idea just to reflect on where you are before you sign on the next deal. Like if that next deal doesn't work exactly the way you think it is supposed to work, does, how does that leave you? Uh, it is 
very naive to think that you're going to have a career without some clangers and without some deals that go badly for you. And so if you go into the, if you assume that every deal is going to be a rock star deal, then I think you're building yourself up for some sort of pain uh, or a fall at some point in the future. In the, uh, if there's anything that I've taught you over the last two and a half years, it is that the market is dynamic and cyclical. And you have to, if you're serious about investing and becoming an investor, like a professional investor, if you're genuinely serious about building a portfolio over the next number of years, then you have got to just accept that change and volatility are par for the course. And it is just a fact of life. Don't be naive and think that your, um, that your wealth is going to go in a linear fashion. It's going to be like, I've gone through the roller coaster, as I've mentioned before. Now, it's not always going to be such a dramatic roller coaster. Um, my circumstances were exacerbated by the, um, the fact that I was using a lot of debt. And, but everyone uses debt, so you just need to be careful. But do not think for a minute that prices are going to be always rising. There will be a point where something happens in the market and they fall, they drop, they slow down. Whatever it is, it is never a linear upward-only curve. And just take that as a fact of life. And if you accept that, and you can just basically kind of say, look, okay, I'm in this business long term i'm going to be here in 25 years i'm going to have a nice portfolio in 25 years and i may have a couple of ups and downs along the way but as long as you don't take massive like all uh, what do you call it in, in in poker when you go all in like if you don't make an all-in sort of bet then you should be okay but people who make all-in bets can get caught and uh you know i've been reading about the guys in the crypto space, some of them have just lost like everything. And there's other people, there's this guy, I can't remember his name now, but he's a trader in America and he was worth 10 billion. And in the space of three days, he's lost it all. And so um, I might talk about him in a future episode. Anyway, having said all of that, I'm not sure for, it's, I'm not saying for sure that the market is going to enter into some sort of a fall because, you know, if you look at the Irish and the UK residential market. We are looking at demand outstripping supply all over the place. And so I think sales and rentals are gonna to continue to happen. I don't think that that's gonna stop in any shape or form. Um, but I do think that anyone who is engaged in property flips, I think you better be careful because I do think there's a chance that the values will fall back. And if you are hoping to get in finance it do it up and then sell it and make a profit you could find yourself getting out for the same price uh, as you got in and in which case you would have taken on all of that renovation work and it'll 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 have you'll have to kind of swallow that so that is a difficult one to take affordability i think is the biggest issue that we're all facing right now it is your enemy because um like at the end of the day, a good location, a good property in a good location is going to perform. But if you're in those kind of more upmarket, salubrious places where it's a lot more discretionary type spending, where people are there because they choose to have this kind of slightly higher spec lifestyle. Um, when people suffer pay cuts, when they suffer 
Like they didn't get the bonus they expected. And obviously, if Facebook and all of these big companies, if they're all cutting back, then there's a sign that economic winds have shifted. And if that's the case, then uh, the likelihood is there won't be as big a bonus as being paid out in the next while. And so salary and spending power is going to be cut back a little bit, I think. But in addition to that, interest rates have gone up. And interest rates are, are going to continue to rise probably in order to fight inflation. And so as that stuff continues to go up, and on top of that, you've got the fueling cost. Uh, you know, the, the war in Ukraine has obviously pushed up the cost of gas. It's pushed up the cost of heating your home, fueling your car, all of this stuff. I think the average family is suffering from this kind of upward pressure on um, everything that they've been buying and all, at the end of the month, they would have this little sort of bit left over. That's the, the wedge that they had for discretionary spending. I think that is starting to get eroded away to the point where people have or will soon have no discretionary spend. And it'll just be that they're barely able to make the payments on the various things that they have. And at that point, they'll have to start cutting and making decisions that we can't afford this anymore. Let's cut that. Now, you have to go through your... Uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs and decide like what's the most important thing shelter is the most important thing so people will continue to, to to need shelter and so that's why they'll always be renting and buying but will they be buying at the top of the market no will they be paying top rent no I do think people working on say HMOs um, I think they could do quite well because I think there will be a move towards cheaper accommodation. And so the HMO model could be a way to do it. But then again, beware of when you're in a HMO situation, I think you cover all of the costs. Um, and so your costs have increased naturally. Um, be careful if you have paid in the last, say, 12 months for a property, because there's a good chance that you paid a frothy price and you may not be able to get out at the price that you are current that you got in at and if you can hold on for a couple of years then everything's going to be fine but if you were relying on exiting for profit i think you may be wary just be uh, be conscious of the fact that that continuity bias is essentially it's like being institutionalized when you have an inmate in a jail uh, in a prison for you know 10 or 20 years or whatever they become institutionalized and they become so used to everything being routine the same pattern every single day and people get used to the last 10 years we have seen pretty much upward only increases in property prices and so you if you joined in the last five six seven years you may be at risk of having been institutionalized and you're basically of the view that it's just going to keep on going up. It's going to keep going up. It's not going to fall down because you've never experienced a fall in the market. And that could well take place in the next year or two. So my advice is don't make any courageous all-in bets. And make sure that you don't, none of your deals involved asymmetric risk. Asymmetric risk is where you have a small upside but a very big downside. Now, of course, it's nice when it's the other way around, but I think in these downward pressure markets, I think the likelihood is there could be asymmetric downward uh, risk. Anyway, wishing you all the best of luck with your uh, endeavors over the next couple of months. If any of you guys are interested, I'm about to open up in mid-September. I'm going to be launching my next cohort of the Mastermind, 
And uh, if you are interested in joining the mastermind or learning more about the mastermind, reach out to me and connect with me. You can connect in LinkedIn, DM me on Instagram, and you can uh, or send me an email, and um, you'll find that in the show notes below. All right, guys, speak to you again next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. If you found this episode useful, um, then please take a moment to leave a review over on iTunes or indeed share it with a friend who you think could benefit from it. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to ask or for me to cover in future episodes, please, you can either, you connect, connect me two ways. You can either leave a, you can join the Facebook group, which is called Behind the Facade Community, or you can leave a comment in the YouTube uh, comment section below. Alternatively, my handle on social media, as always, Gavin J. Gallagher. And I have the website, gavinjgallagher.com, which if you go in there and if you click on join my tribe, you can become part of my email list. And uh, that's all for now, guys. I'll see you back here next week.